0: Welcome to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good morning. Welcome into the podcast. I am Jay. Today, November the 25th, the year is still 2021. And happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there who, uh, who is uh, bravely trying to get through the day, uh, during which, uh, uh, various uh, traumatic events such as family visiting is taking place. And of course, uh, Thanksgiving means a lot of things to a lot of people around the nation and and here at U.S. Fire Journal. I think one of the things we need to give thanks for, and we'll get into that in a little bit, are are things like the the brotherhood, things like uh, sisterhood, things like uh, ladder trucks, and and things of that nature. Halligan, you know, the Halligan. Thank you, Hugh. And uh, so many wonderful things like that. But I want to start off today by talking about uh, something that I noticed and uh, sometimes in life, especially when you you're marching past five decades on Earth, you start to realize things based on what you used to see versus what you see now. And over the last week, I've uh, I was able to go to an NFL game, followed by an NHL game the following uh, night. And one of the things that that I noticed that is such a stark difference uh, is in the design of stadiums with respect to. Mass casualty incidents, especially uh, things like a you know you get uh, a panic such as we saw it at uh, at at Astro World, uh, the Travis Scott um, thing that they had out in Houston, with so many people uh, where people perished, and uh, you know but inside of stadiums things have changed tra- changed drastically from when I first started going to to football games in the mid seventies to Uh, to today is just the design differences the 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 wide wide areas in which people can go to get something to eat go to get something to drink and it allows more people to to filter past each other Um, and uh, you know the stark difference between uh, previous stadiums and, and many stadiums today it's and and I don't know why it took me uh, why it took me so long to realize that. I've been in new stadiums, uh, but uh, the other night or the other day at a, at an NFL game, I, I was standing, and I, I was looking from side to side, and I'm thinking to myself, eh, I wonder what the stretch is from that side to this side. And and you see people filing past, and then I think back to some of the stadiums I used to go to. And what I would say is this. I think that uh, a lot of NFL teams are probably all NFL teams that are building new stadiums. Um, they, they look into those types of things into the safety factor and, and what happens and trying to reduce, uh, choke points. Um, you also have much more staff, you know, many more people around the stadium who can filter people here and there. And, uh, it really is a stark, stark difference, um, uh, from when I was growing up and, and going and going to games. And then at the NHL game, it's the same thing, um, uh, you look at stadiums now and and you look at, at or yeah stadiums now you look at stadiums from 30 40 years ago and the difference is it's a stark difference as well um, oftentimes though i'm I'm always keen to look at escalators um, escalators are oftentimes or can be choke points and uh, you know it, it's one of those things where you really need staff on hand to to interrupt that flow of people and to keep uh, to keep distances between groups of people, so that so that something doesn't get overloaded. Now, what do people do in a blind panic? Uh, they run, and it doesn't matter in many cases whether you keep your cool or not. Although it's far better to keep your cool, because if you're in the wrong spot and you get pinned against something, uh, you know tragedy uh, unfolds and. Again, thinking back to uh, what happened out in Houston, uh, which is just, it, it was a horrific, horrific thing. And you hope that engineers and and, uh, and codes people are looking at these sorts of things and taking those lessons and trying to move them forward. Um, obviously, uh, the situation in Houston was far different um, and just... Uh, just a woeful, woeful uh, event out there. It it, it was horrible. And uh, you hope that there is, uh, you feel for the families, obviously, and friends, and and you hope that that there's some good that comes out of it, although it's hard to say that uh, when you're talking about people who lost their lives. So, again, large events, keep your head on a swivel. Know where you're at in relation to where you can get out know where you can go, where you can't go. And you know, look, you're watching a football game, right? Or any other game. And there's a panic, go to the field. I know people don't necessarily like hearing that. Uh, But if it's me and my family, me and my friends, we're going where we want to go. Excuse me, we're going where we need to go. And uh, if that's on the field or under the ice or wherever that happens to be, that that's where we'll be. And, uh, that's the way that that plays out. So today, let's talk about some things we're thankful for on this, on this day, right? Thanksgiving. Um, it's, it's a holiday uh, and, and typically no gift giving, so not one of my favorites, but I do like Thanksgiving. So what are we thankful for? Well, I reached out uh, to a couple guys who um, they, they work in the area in which I, I used to live in one of the places I used to live. And I said, hey, why don't you ask some of your uh, your guys, hey, you know, what are you thankful for? And so I got back a list of things, and I'm going to pick a few off here. Uh, competency. They're thankful for competency. What's competency? Well, especially as it relates to the fire service. Well, do people know their jobs? Can they do their jobs? Are they competent? You know, You don't want to hear, well, yeah, we're shooting for average. (laughs) I mean, you hear that and you're like, it's like people saying, yeah, you know, we meet the minimum standard. Well, congratulations on achieving mediocrity. You know, Um, it's always crazy when you hear people say that, man, I can't wait to become mediocre. You know, I'm just, I am just enough to pass a test. That's who I am, man. You know, that's, that's what I have worked so hard for my whole life is to. Is to uh, be just above uh, average, uh, or excuse me, to be just average. Um, you know, I put up a I put up a thing on on Instagram. Um, you know, and it, it's it's the truth. Uh, no one has ever been great at firefighting who sat on their ass all day. Not a single soul, not one. And it's one of the things when you look at athletes and and athletes are a step above when it comes to uh, motivation. That doesn't mean that all athletes are supremely motivated, but there is a certain level they have to reach. And, but even there, you, we always pick up and we always root for people who are above average, who work hard, who have that killer instinct, who are ready to go out and get it done you know, and and your Jack Nicholas's, your Tiger Woods, your um your Michael Jordan's, your LeBron James's, your people who uh, who are gifted for sure. But if they were just gifted, then they would be above average. They wouldn't be these sort of elite athletes. And when I think about the fire service, the people that I have respected most have always been people who are stepping outside the realm of, of being, yeah, you know, decent person's decent. No, they're not happy with that because it's not how they live their lives. So the people that I've always respected more, are the people who've done more, the people who put the work in, the people who put the time in, uh, the people who, you know, let's face it, uh, they're very competent at what they do. They excel at what they do. And understand this, they didn't always excel. You see, there, there's this sort of, uh, this sort of belief that, that some people are just born innately good at, at firefighting, and I don't believe that's true. I believe there are some people who find things a little bit easier than others, and that means others have to work. But I've seen people who were absolute just, you know, worthless um, at the start of their career and two or three years in, because they, they're, they're driven, they become uh, far better firefighters than anyone ever gave them credit for. Um, and that, that comes from the work, that comes from putting in repetition, you know, putting in reps, it comes from studying, it comes from uh, understanding that if you want to be better than average, you have to work at it. It doesn't take anything anything at all for someone to come in and just hang around. All of us have seen it. We may like the person, but we know deep down inside that they're not much more than a warm body. That's what they are, and, and they're okay with that because, you know, their whole life is being that warm body. It's not about really excelling at anything. And uh, oftentimes we just accept it and we move on. That's what we do. But are we really doing them or ourselves any favors? I don't think we are. Um, you know, competency and, and being very competent at what you do, it, by its very nature, sets you apart. And if you're content, if you're content to to sit and and be nothing, then that's precisely what you'll be. If, however... You feel as though, you know, I need to be really good at this. Well, again, you have to put the reps in and you have to get the opportunities to do the job. And you have to make those opportunities. And sometimes that requires changing up your your outlook. Sometimes it requires changing up where you work or volunteer, whatever the case may be. It's one of those things that requires input. It requires more than just showing up to work, walking in and going, yep, I'm here. And uh, too many people get content in doing that. And they're always amazed when people pass them by. Have you ever noticed that? They're like, well, what about me? Yeah, well, you don't do anything. So what do you expect? Um, competency, real competency requires work, requires sweat, and uh, requires some thinking. A lot of people are opposed to that. Thankfully, and on Thanksgiving, we give thanks for those people who aren't and who decide they want to be better than average. Uh so we give thanks for competency. Here's another one. The brotherhood, right? The brotherhood, right? The brothers. Um a lot of people use that term, you know. Ah, we're brothers. Yeah, you know, we're a family, brotherhood, sisterhood, we do this, we do that. Um, you know, it's all about, you know, it's all about each other. And so we have to talk about the negative to that in order to give thanks for the extremely positive. And one of the negatives to that a lot of people who say there are not a lot of people, but some who say that they turn around and they're stabbing their brothers in the back every way they can. Um, uh, there's a case of, of a guy I know that I don't know him well, but, uh, his crew hates him and, and he's a company officer, uh, fairly new, I guess. And, uh, for all the world, he thinks his crew loves him. I mean, he does, and uh, but uh, crew despises him. Uh, not too many people like him, to be blunt. But his fatal flaw is the big E, and it's sitting on his shoulders. You know, he's got an E on his left shoulder and an E on his right shoulder, and so when he turns right, all he sees is the E. When he turns left, all he sees is the E, and the E stands for ego. His ego's massive, and because of that. He tells other officers and people, yeah, you know, man, my crew, man, they love me. You know, they love being around somebody who's awesome and all this. Meanwhile, what he doesn't know is that his crew can't wait to get away from him. And so, you know, here we have the brotherhood, right? And before people say, well, the brothers wouldn't talk about a brother like that, that's not true. The brotherhood doesn't mean you accept everybody for—you accept people, but you don't accept them with fatal—you don't accept them with fatal flaws, flaws that can kill firefighters and other things. And so while we give thanks for brotherhood, we also have to point out that some people who spout off the brotherhood constantly, uh, they're (laughs) they're anything other than fraternal. They they uh, simply—they exist for themselves. And because they exist for themselves, they can't see anything around them. They don't care about the crews. They just don't. They care about their crew only in as much as it affects them to the negative. If it's positive, they take the credit. If it's negative, they disperse the blame. And unfortunately, that is not brotherhood. That is not sisterhood. Um, And I'm just going to call it brotherhood. Um, Here's one of the things that I know. and, And this is an absolute fact. You can be a decent human being and be very good at what you do. You can. It, it it doesn't take a lot if you genuinely care about people. If you genuinely care about people's careers and their lives and their families, then that comes through. You know, it, it's it's not a couple of comments here and there, and you think, wow, yeah, these guys, you know, they know I got their back. No, it's what you do. Do you look out for them? You know, that's the brotherhood. That's what that is. Um, yes, in the brotherhood, you have people who are less talented than others, and you look out for them. that's the way that goes. But um, within the brotherhood, just like with any other brotherhood, military, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, um, you also have to guard against those people who try to pervert it. And the perversion of that brotherhood is something that is uh, uh, people know it. They do. Uh, I think many people have that instinct. Um, Others see it after a little while. And so, yeah, it can be something negative. But now let's give thanks for the brotherhood that we see on display most often, and that is the caring about each other. When a brother is sick, when a family member of a brother is sick, Um, the brotherhood that allows you to get together together uh, off duty and go out, enjoy each other's company, um, ask about your families, you know, uh, break bread. All of these things together, they allow you to look at some look at someone as as more than just a coworker, as more than just another person, uh, but as a, a valued member of a much larger family. And that's what the fire service is. That's what firefighting is at its very best. And thankfully, the best is on display far, far more often than the, than the worst. And while we acknowledge that, yeah, there are, there are things out there that aren't good, we also acknowledge the truth, and that is that um, the brotherhood is something to give thanks for and uh, it's something to keep going each and every day, not just once a year. Here's another one. Engine bosses who know the job, okay. Engine, engine company officers on engines who know the job, who know where, uh, who know where the lines need to go, who, who understand that uh, that the placement of a line is key in a fire, that the first line is vital, that the second line is vital, that the third line is vital, and so on and so forth. They know more than what's in an IFSTA manual or an hour or an hour long. Uh, talk by somebody at, at some sort of state function. They they realize that it's incumbent upon them to make sure that they're putting their people in the best possible position to succeed. So the engine bosses are are your core. They really are. Look, I love ladders. Rescues are cool. All the specialties nice, but. As engine companies go, so go the fire service. Um and so yeah, let's give thanks to the engine bosses. Let's give thanks to the ones who who don't who don't uh take average as a goal. That they look at above average, not only as leaders, but as that engine boss, as that person who has to make decisions. And so let's give thanks to them. Let's give thanks for strong ladders and the people who climb them, right? It's legit. Um the ladder company, the truck company. Um, You know, you get a fire in the CAC loft. You need them truck guys, right? You you need truck guys on every call. It's amazing to me. And this is one of the things that I enjoy doing when I meet people. I enjoy listening to them talk about the various disciplines within the fire service. And very often you you meet somebody, or not very often. Sometimes you meet people and they're like, ah, we don't need a truck company. These, uh, you don't need ladders. What do you need them for? We could do everything from the ground. And and you know, it's like, hmm, okay, well, maybe that's your experience. But then they're not happy with that, right? Because then they got to go further. Ah, I, you know, it's just too dangerous. Yeah, about truck companies, man. Who wants to get on those things? They're too dangerous. Um, and then you're like, well, you know what? Danger is a part of your life, isn't it? You get up in the morning. You're drinking coffee. You hope it's coffee. You hope there's not some poison in it of some sort. Then you get on the highway. What's more dangerous than that? Being on a highway, right? It's dangerous. Um, You're in a relationship with somebody. You're exposing your vulnerable side. That's dangerous. You go and eat out at a restaurant. Guess what? Dangerous. Could be bad food. You don't know. Maybe those people are only out for profit, and they don't care what they serve you. So they serve you, you know, you think you're getting chicken wings, you're getting bat wings. Hopefully you'd notice, but let's pretend you don't. Danger, danger. You get on an aircraft, dangerous. Get shot at, very dangerous. Own a gun, dangerous. Don't own a gun, even more dangerous. Bottom line is life's danger. And when you join the fire service, guess what? You have a job to do. Your job description is is uh, is available everywhere. I mean, let's face it. You go in the fire department, you're probably going to have to advance hose line. You're going to have to train. You're going to have to be educated. You're going to have to climb ladders. You're going to have to do all of these things. So I give thanks for ladder companies because they do the job. And I don't really care. You know, you sit and listen to people talk about them. And I know me. I used to be like, nope, got to correct these people. Got to tell them where they're wrong. But most of the time, it's not worth it because the people spouting off this stuff, they don't really know. They don't have a concept, really. They think they've been firefighters. Uh, And and maybe they have. Maybe they just haven't experienced a ladder company. Um, They've probably never vented a roof, or if they have, it's been very limited. Uh, But here's my thing. If you haven't done it, or you don't do it, look around. Talk to people. Talk to people who have. Find out about how the other side lives. Because I'll tell you this, you want to put out a fire with with less danger for everyone involved? Vent the roof. Now, this is not on every situation, but on the vast majority, get it opened up. Take the heat off the engine company. Um, It's the same people who say, we don't need four people on a rig. I wouldn't know what to do with four people. Then you know what? You know what that shows? You don't know what to do. You really don't. Um, It's the same people who say, I'd never take batting practice if I played baseball. Really? Okay then stay where you're at because wherever you are if you're spouting that off you have issues you have massive issues that's the way it goes you need strong ladders you need people to climb them we give thanks for truck companies we give thanks for engine bosses we give thanks for rescue companies and squads and and baby little tiny infinitesimal uh vehicles and the huge large Massive vehicles. We give thanks for it all. Here's a good one. Give thanks for leaders who care. Yes, definitely. You've probably had an experience where leaders don't care. And it's visible to everyone. But then you have the leaders who don't care, or the leaders who care. And it's even more visible. The leaders who care are never going to put you in a bad spot, or rarely going to put you in a bad spot. They're going to take ownership of their own successes and failures. Uh, They're going to try to put you in the best spot to succeed each and every time, not just once in a while. So, leaders who care, we give thanks for them. How about good equipment? Absolutely. Some places, you have all the equipment in the world you'd want. Other places, you don't have a halligan, you know, you have a stick. So what do you do with that stick? Well, until you can get that halogen, you got to make that stick work. Um, And so, like firefighters everywhere, firefighters will improvise, adapt, overcome. It's what they do. But it sure helps when you have the right equipment for the job. Now, understand this. The right equipment doesn't necessarily mean the latest, best, or the latest, newest thing that just come down the line. Too many people buy stuff that then sits on a rig forever, never utilized, or it sits... Or worse, it sits up somewhere in storage. If you're storing vital equipment, it shows poor leadership. Good equipment is utilized a good deal of the time. That's, that's the metric right there. Good equipment, great equipment, is utilized a great deal of the time. It doesn't mean that you don't have that one special tool that you, know, that you utilize once in a great while. That, that happens, too. But if you get equipment that's considered everyday equipment and it's not being utilized, somebody made a piss-poor decision in purchasing it. And it shows. And everybody knows it. But that good equipment put in good hands, oh, man, can move mountains. You know, um, forcible entry, good equipment in good hands, they're going to get in anywhere. You know, good hose choices in good hands, with good people who know where to put it, you're going to knock down all the fire you'll ever want to knock down, and so on and so forth. Good PPE, properly utilized by good people, they're going to get in there, and they're going to get it done. Why? Because it's what they do. That's the beauty of it. So we give thanks for all of these good things. We do. We give thanks for the good people. We give thanks for the good times. And we give good thanks for the good responses in other people's worst times ultimately that's what firefighters are there for firefighters are there to provide on people's worst days and part of that is giving thanks that you have the ability to impact someone else's life you have the ability to impact someone you work with their life you know maybe they're fixing to go right and you grab a hold of them and pull them back and and Two minutes later, HVAC unit comes through the comes through to the floor you're operating on. All of those things we give thanks for, and more. We give thanks for our families. We give thanks for the people who who keep the homes running, who uh, help us raise kids, who help us, uh, who serve each other because that's what couples do, right? That's what it's supposed to be, serving each other. It's a lot of things to give Thanksgiving for. And so in closing this out today, I want to give thanks to you, people who listen. You know, I'm a firm believer that the person who's reading the fire service magazine, the person who's listening to a podcast, any podcast, the person who's trying to schedule a class outside of what is required, um, those people, they're ahead of the game. If you're listening to this, you're ahead of the game. If you're listening to any fire service podcast, you're ahead of the game. You know, you're trying to do a little bit more than average or a lot more than average. And so I'm thankful for you. And uh, I hope that your Thanksgiving is good. And and I hope that uh, that the rest of the year treats you well. We'll be back tomorrow with a podcast. Until then, stay safe.